Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. So we've had uh, a few uh, women on the podcast in the past, but uh, <laughs> never have we had a, a dual women, dueling women, uh, like at the beginning of Deliverance. Um, <laughs> they're going to start to play banjo music of one another. Uh, I'm sitting down with Ingrid Stoby and Elizabeth Meza Kappa, um, whom I know from uh, my MFA program at Emerson, uh, and we also all made a movie together one time called Vibe. Um Say hello, ladies. Hello. Hi. Hello, ladies. Hello. <laughs> so this, the, you, you, I believe you're also the first ones to actually ask me whether or not you could come on to the show. Normally, I, normally, yeah. I, have to, normally I have to beg people to well, come Well, there on. was that confusing moment that yeah. got us here, which we'll talk maybe yeah, later. Yeah, evidently, I, we, have, we have a mutual friend who thought that I was doing an experimental film podcast. I don't know if that meant that every episode was about <laughs> experimental film or just his, and he wanted... To, to do it with somebody else besides himself? I don't know. So I got a, a text from Ingrid that was like, can I be on your experimental film broadcast? <laughs> <laughs> Aster broadcast. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, Ingrid now teaches... Uh, children. Uh, children yeah. how to make films, which is m- more than I'm doing. <laughs> and Elizabeth's just wrapping up the MFA. Yeah. She's got this gallery thing coming up. It is a gallery thing on the 26th. That's 26th of April through May 12th. Nobody's coming. Nobody even listens. No to one's coming. Have you seen uh, her footage? No, I haven't seen anything about this oh, project. It's good. It's, it depends. might even be worth uh, describing as, as we go on. But I want to start with, <laughs> with what people might have heard of, which was uh, this little movie we made called Vibes <laughs> a few years ago. Um, the, the inception of which started with Ingrid, of course. Um, of course. Talk, talk about where this whole thing kicked off. Uh, so maybe even give us a little bit of your origin story of what brought you to to fil- to filmmaking in the first place. Oh, that's big. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, so I was going. I went to undergrad in Cleveland, and like halfway through, I realized that I wanted to start working with film. But I was already so far into the program, and we didn't have film stuff. Like there. high school, uh, or co- college. undergraduate college. College, okay. yeah. Um, so then after that, after I graduated, I just sort of taught myself stuff. I went to, there's a place called Pittsburgh Filmmakers. We can rent out equipment um, and you can take classes if you pay for them. They're affiliated with like Duquesne and Pitt and stuff like that, but you can just sort of go. So I went and I learned how to make stuff. Uh, and then I liked Boston because I worked in Boston the summer after I graduated undergrad. And then I worked in Natick, and then we would take trips in. So I was like, oh, I want to live in Boston. What, so what did you minor? What did you major in initially? I majored in communications and psychology. And so what brings somebody from something that's fairly, like respectable, yeah, promising <laughs> into into film? Did, did something catch your eye? Were you always a film uh, fan? I think I, I think I always wanted to do it, but the for a long time I was like, well, no, I need a degree, and I need to get, I need something in case I can't get it film job i needed like something that i can get like a job job with oh so like ha- had you been given your your first choice you would have gone into film already i was looking at art schools but then i at the same time was like if i come out with an a specific like art degree this isn't to knock anyone that went to art school <laughs> hey uh, but um <laughs> but i was like if i don't have a, a degree just in case something happens and i'll feel i'll get anxiety so i 
personally decided to go to a liberal liberal arts undergrad. That's why a lot of people come to Emerson is because that's why I definitely did was because they promised this liberal arts education while hush hush you're actually getting a film degree you're actually going (laughs) you're actually going to film school do you think they do what do you mean do like how do you feel about your undergrad like because i have students that are like can i what is this education i can't talk today Uh, undergrad (laughs) education i know can anyone hear me chewing i'm eating (laughs) while we're doing this um the undergrad education at emerson i get a lot of questions about from my kids about whether or not like you learn how to use the equipment. Do you learn what to put in your brain? So when you're making stuff, you have uh, yeah, something to yeah. think about. I mean, it, it, it's, it's very, uh, so I went to, everybody knows I went to film school twice <laughs> and uh, I went at, to Emerson for undergrad, then Emerson for grad. Uh, and the four year undergrad thing. Yeah. They try really hard to, to, to do the conceptual stuff. There's plenty of studies classes. They really try to re- require the study stuff. An 18 year old comes in gearing to, touch gear mm. um i certainly did I, I could not understand why i couldn't pick up like the most expensive stuff my first year <laughs> <laughs> I, I just couldn't wrap like 18 year old frankie could not wrap it around that concept. um and i think i, I mean obviously it, it, it has something to do with finite resources but more than that there is sort of the uh deconstructing of you but a lot of people have you know a lot of people like to shit on sort of like that youthful arrogance and um and, and maybe rightfully so but i think that there's I don't think you want to shit on it completely. I think that like that kind of enthusiasm going into, especially such an expensive and dangerous endeavor, like you, uh, sh- surely you have to be deluded going into this <laughs> and like a little bit of that healthy delusion. What you need is a mentor, somebody to can, can kind of like take what you're already excited about and foster it. But, um, they do definitely gear that four year program towards like the narrative of that four year program is you are going to go to Los Angeles and get a job. Oof. So we do need to kind of empty you out in the pits of Los Angeles and have you be okay. And the crazy part is, is um, when you get there, when you go to Los Angeles, they really do respect Emerson. And I thought that was just catalog bullshit. I thought that was just, I, I thought that was just like, like I was wondering if we could swear during this. So I, okay. Oh yeah, of course. Yep, this is a fucking Frankie Frayne podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I remember like uh, applying to all my internships. Like I ended up working at 20th century Fox casting and they were like, oh, Emerson. Yeah, we don't even look at anybody else. Really? And I was what? Re- and that happened a number of times. And I was really shocked because I'm, I'm the first one to be like, that's a bunch of crap. But no, I re- really, I really thought that was crap. My dad will be so thrilled. They call it the Emerson Mafia. <laughs> yeah. Know? And I was like, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and it was sort of true. It, it was, it was uh, yeah, I mean, alums are pretty good to each other. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's a little bit of an underdog of a school. But lots and lots of Emerson people are working crew and camera and sound um, all over the damn place. But what did you learn here? Like like conceptually? Yeah, or like even outside of this is how you operate a camera. What are the classes? So the your first year is a lot of the first two years really uh, are a lot of gen eds, ethics, um, expository writing. Everybody's going to take writing. Emerson was a communication school in the 1800s, so you have to take speech and communication like a number of times. And uh, they, for if you're a film major, you start off with I. At least this was back in my day, which is like almost 10 years ago, uh, which is fucked up. Um, yeah, look how horrifying that is. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, Can we take shots of his face and put them? But uh, uh, it was, yeah, it was 2004. Um, the the if I remember correctly, it was like it was some kind of it wasn't creative writing. It was like creative development. It was kind of like it was kind of like a prototype workshop class, 
where you were supposed to sit there and come up with not just like remember in the MFA we took workshop yeah. straightforward we brought in work we watched it we critiqued it we learned how to critique kind of and maybe um, <laughs> you had three shots <laughs> um, but this was more like um, when you do eventually make work because nobody's making work at that point but I thought you had to I thought I, I was like uh, I thought that you had to come into undergraduate college with a feature film in hand I really for some reason thought that and that's why I did do that <laughs> but, but at least it taught me how to run a marathon but then um so that, that, that class is about, like, they don't, they, they're, Emerson's really about not just narrative filmmaking. So they're like, make a video game in groups and shit like that. So there's a lot of that going on. Then the first kind of real class, if you will, is um, a hybrid studies and uh, lab, basically, where you learn Final Cut and Adobe Creative Suite, or the basics anyway, fundamentals, uh, on Tuesday. And on, th- and, and, and maybe like a, like a, an industry, a more industry professional teaches you that on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, you go into a lecture hall with lots and lots of more people. The, the first class is like a little group. And then, yeah, on Thursday, you're in a, a giant group um, watching Maya Darren and uh, The Celebration and Dogma 95. And he, this guy made this movie, an iMovie, and it was a Sundance spectacular. They, they do a lot of that kind of stuff. But it's all, it's all studies-based. They started you off with Final Cut? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I went to Chinsey Little Art School, and they were so big on Avid, but no one know how to fucking use it. Mass art, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mass art. So, yeah. I mean, right, what, would you, would you advocate for mass art? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's cheap as hell. It is so <laughs> cheap. If yeah. you're a resident, it is dirt cheap. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, I want to say it's like seven grand a year. Less. Yeah. Oh I mean, well, they, I, they might have raised it since I went there. It's but amazing. Yeah, it is. It's so all cheap. student fees. It's like a, it's like a uh, a, uh, a university. Yeah. And it, well, it's state run. Yeah. And right. A state university. Yeah. Yeah. See. And but um, I want to hear more about at mass art in general. Should I go for that? Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Well. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do with myself, but I knew I wanted to go to mass art. <laughs> and then I started the application process and I kind of, I, I'm not a good painter, but you need to turn in a portfolio. So I turned in a portfolio of entirely drawing and painting. No, I wish. <laughs> but, um, and then I was like, I want to go to fil- like go into film just kind of on a whim. And I mm. think, you know, that kind of got me That's in. A, it's a weird thing to, be, to do on a whim, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Don't you have to I, yeah. be? Were you like a film fan as a child? I was a film fan. I watched a lot of movies, and then I just, I feel like it was almost overnight. I was just like, why don't I do this? So you guys are from kind of a different <laughs> world than I am. Because, like, like I'm, my, my, um, my colleagues, my peers, when I was that age, were, like, horror buffs. Like, people yeah. who wanted to make backyard movies with their friends with blood and stuff. Like, I was actually never that guy. I wanted to make movies very similar, but but never really horror for some reason. But, um, yeah, like, we were we were the generation that was really into uh, uh, cheap effects, uh, uh, a, a movie a weekend. Yeah. Like, and you guys were kind of, you, you come from a different kind of thing. The burbs. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it's also... The burbs too. <laughs> we just didn't do that. We were, like, on bikes and... Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> I think it's harder for... This is, I mean, maybe this is totally off base, but I think it's harder for the ladies to get into it in that sure, lower yeah. level. You know, I, the first film I made was the first year I was at Mass Art. Before that, I had barely picked up a camera. Is it because there's like, it's just not one of those things that anyone thinks that women will do it? So you, I think so. So you don't think you'll do it? Yeah, I think that was part of it. I think that was part of it. But then you have things like, you know, like who Dawson's Creek, one of the guys was wanted to be a filmmaker, yeah. right? James and James then James. I remember when they did the Rugrats growing up, like one of the guys like 
Tommy Pickles wanted to be when a documentary that? filmmaker. That was when I was about 14, maybe? I don't remember, 13. I don't remember the name. They all had up. hair. Doug had a different voice. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's one of those things where it's, like, maybe sort of one of those artsy things that guys can do. Sort of. Yeah, never felt, I'm doing air it never, quotes. It never felt artsy, though. It always felt kind of like, um, uh, uh, I don't know, like, pull up your sleeves. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, like, feed worms to girls. And it, 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 I don't know. It just felt like a, like a more rugged thing for some reason. I was in class, well, I use the term loosely, at Pittsburgh Filmmakers, and there was this guy that was kind of a dick. And uh, we had to work on a project together. This is in the MFA. Yeah. What? This is this is in the MFA? No, I mean, oh, okay. easily confusable based on what I said. But, um... <laughs> No, I was at Pittsburgh Filmmakers. We had to take those classes and stuff. And I don't remember what he said, but it was at the time and I had submitted an application for Emerson and I was like trying to plan something out in the scene and he was just like, yeah, well, good luck with that. I was like, listen, motherfucker. I got it. What he, he was implying that women can't plan? <laughs> or that I couldn't or that I don't know, one thing I women don't know can what do. his deal was. but <laughs> I always found that um, like so I've, I've been I've made a number of films. I've been in a number of semi-successful films. I've been in a number of really unsuccessful films. And I always find that if it is a male director, um, and he is a straight male director, uh, the successful ones always have really rock-solid girlfriends or wives um, making it happen behind the scenes. And that's just, like, I'm sorry, that's just how it works. Um, (laughs) And and, uh, interestingly enough, I've been on plenty of... Uh, sets, you know, successful films with female directors, and they almost never have like a like a supportive boyfriend or male figure. Yeah, what the fuck's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's what the hell? It's a weird, weird sort of thing. <laughs> I also never un- understood. Like, I've known a number of filmmakers who have spouses who are just completely uninvolved. Yeah, um, like they're like, oh, I hope you had fun today, and and, and I, I hope that that's in, you know you're enjoying that filmmaking thing. <laughs> I never, I I couldn't. I'm yeah, I'm just too involved in it to uh, for Nina to just be completely like. Behind the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted to finish your the the curriculum <laughs> yes. the, the curriculum question. So then once you get through all that bullshit, so now you have like a little bit of a technology foundation. You've got a little bit of a, a studies foundation. People are slamming doors like crazy. I they apologize are. if they if we can hear that. I think we can hear me chewing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I th- then they they want to teach you how to shoot with real film. So uh, you take film one is the big class. And uh, you all shoot on Bolexes from the 50s. Like her leg. Hell yeah. <laughs> and um, it's on 16 millimeter reversal. So for anybody who doesn't know what that is, there's no negative, right? You're When you eventually cut that film, you are cutting that film, the film that passed through the camera. For me, it was really cool to shoot with a Bolex for the first time because uh, because it's purely mechanical. There's no no electronics going on inside that camera. You wind it up, you press a button, it spools it out, and you get maybe about 30 seconds uh, for, for a shot. Less, yeah, Less, yeah. 20, I don't remember, yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot. <laughs> um, and, you know, every single movie it takes place right outside of Emerson's buildings or, or, or in the common. A lot of them profile, like, homeless people in the common. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they, they're, they all take place in dorm rooms, the little building dorm rooms. But that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you know, bullshit. It's okay for it to be like that it's at okay. that point. Everybody starts to hate each other and their films because they all suck. <laughs> um, not unlike grad school. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, but back then, I, I think they're phasing this out now, but we did indeed cut on a Steenbeck, which was Ooh. a... Uh, yeah, you you spool it up on a on an actual flatbed is what they call it, and you uh, you're watching the film pass through the light. There's a little projector. Why are they cutting it out? 
Because at this point, how many ha- steam backs even are there? Let's yeah, ask you the more questions. Well, so there's, yeah. there's two. There's two on campus. And oh my god! To, get, to get in yeah, that room? yeah, the fifth in floor room? To get anybody to come out and fix those things costs. Oh. No one knows how to fix them. I mean, it's a completely specialty thing. That's probably the only technological way that Mass Art or that Mass Art has anything more than Emerson, because we a only had yes, we only had. Uh, 12 computers that had Final Cut or Avid, but we have like six fucking Steenbecks. Do they have a a number of like in-house experts for fixing them for repair? Because they can break really easily. A couple of the people know a little bit about it, but it's not, no one's like really serious about it, but God, I love those stupid (laughs) machines. So what everybody learned, what everybody learns from, from cutting on those is, um, you know the 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 thing they'll always tell you is like you're you're learning an appreciation for the history or for how it was uh, it used to be done. I mean, you know, like Jurassic Park was cut on at Steenbeck. You know, like you 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 can go pretty wild on those things. But yeah. it's, it's very time consuming. But you the the concept is identical to cutting on in Final Cut or cutting in Avid. You have a bin where mm-hmm. you you hang up uh, strips of film, and. Uh, you have your timeline. You have your your flatbed. So that was pretty cool. Um, I cut a whole movie on that. We had to use a mag for... We could not use yep. sync sound. Um, so we had to foley all that shit. And that meant that every single element in the soundtrack had to have be recorded on its own mag and cut together. Right. And we showed it on the Steam Deck. And no- normally people take their films home by getting a digital camera and shooting the Steam Deck screen. And that's how they have their film. I went in Memories. that room and stole... I Well, I took old... I hope film from people's stuff and I stitched it through a canvas. It's cool. Oh, so you did like a, you were like, you were like, why does it have to be part of a projector? I was a bin thief. Cause I I think I asked Paul, I was like, where do I get this? He's like, well, (laughs) I think we can wear this as a costume. (laughs) Who says it must be a film? What is a film? We had a room at Mass Art. It was called the found footage room or the handmade film room. And, um, there was film just in plastic trash buckets that people had either like donated or left there and you could just dig in the trash buckets and like make a found film from that. Unfortunately, neat, yeah, I, it was really super fun. cool. Yeah. They also had an entire closet of uh, 35 millimeter trailers mm-hmm. and they had a 35 millimeter steam back that you could use to wow. cut something if you wanted. Um, but the thing is someone down- donated a bunch of footage of their like, safari trip to africa <laughs> so like that was Most 90 films yes. african elements. it was like 90 percent of the found footage was all this shit from africa so you had like 20 did you make films. something with it you know i did not i purposely uh, looked for the non-africa footage. Uh, <laughs> so then you you take a uh, film two yeah. where you shoot on uh uh where, where where you you can just record well you could record with proper, like, you know, the kind of recorder I'm using right now for the podcast, a, a digital recorder, but they really want you to use uh, a, a Nagra, which is a, um, where you, you know what, I can't really, I guess it was on a on a mag. I can't yeah. remember exactly, but basically they wanted you to be as analog as possible. Um, and I remember for, so that, Film 2 is kind of the big film. They have a big Film 2 screening where everybody screens, and oh my god, they're all such shit. <laughs> it's four hours of just, like, oh just my god. It's, it's four hours of liquid death. Um, you all pile into this big theater together, and you're so excited, because everybody just wants to watch their movie, and it's just horrible. And I brought friends who didn't know film school, and they were like, god. But um, uh, you shoot on negative, you shoot on color, 
uh, I was part of a massive barbarian film back in the day called Gizor and Gorm, which was very, very funny. I played a two-headed uh, she-witch. Oh, my God. Um, and that, your, that movie is pretty sweet. What was your other head? Uh, the other head was this dude that ended up winning a Student Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, he made a movie about Saddam Hussein who won a Student Academy oh Award. My God. He was my other head. <laughs> His name is Julian Higgins. Um, but uh, uh, in any event, you can see Gizor and Gorm on YouTube. G-I-Z-O-R Gorm. Um, it's fucked up. That's uh, amazing. And I would always show up to those with little handy cams and always make a making of, like, because I, for me, the experience was more interesting than the film itself. Frankie loves his making ofs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I do. It's meta, meta, meta. Um, and then, if, and then you can either do a film three, sometimes known as a practicum. You can do a BFA. You can like from there, or you can just go to fucking Los Angeles, which is what <laughs> most people do. But there's a lot of BFAs, and the whole thing is, is that there's like at the time, at least that I went, they sold us on. This is the class structure. This is the curriculum. But really, like, if you want to really get involved in shit, uh, get involved in uh, FPS, which is this like big, massive club for making movies where you'll all shoot on 35, I think, even. Whoa. Um, yeah, except the thing is, is they can't reject anybody. So the club oh. ends up being about 70 strong and about three people make the movie and everybody else like gets fe- has to get fed. It's ridiculous. It's, it's unwieldy. They also do an awards, a big awards show for the TV video kids. Um, film too. They used to, it used to be that the whole class would make a film together. They would like assign one director, one writer. That's awful. And then they, yeah. they they stop that because Emerson tries to unlike like say Tish or USC. They try to sell themselves on like everybody will get to make a movie. Everybody will get to be a director. So we would break into groups of four and we made two movies each. So like every, each group, each group made two movies. So that meant that there were two directors and two DPs for oh, every Jesus. group. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and, it, and they both had to be like five minutes. Uh, I cannot imagine. Nobody knows what I'm laughing at. Your face. Well, what's what, why does that freak you out? So oh, I just I can imagine the power struggles. Oh yeah. In oh, oh, the, oh, in not that to little. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about 16 millimeter color film. Yeah. Like they'll give you I think 300 feet for free. After that, you're on your own. And Meaning you're, all expensive. of a sudden, you take these like film students who have no money or have tons of money, uh, <laughs> depending on the case. But you're all pooling money now, and that's a dangerous, shitty thing. And I don't really know how to avoid that except for yeah. shooting on digital. Yeah. And take equipment out from the from the equipment center. Or just shoot alone forever. Yeah. Well, I ended up <laughs> I, for, for my for my forever. movie. I said I don't want to light it. Because I hate lighting for film. So for sexually frank. No, no. Or for, for my little oh, short, my little short, short film okay. too. Yeah. We're, so we're gonna shoot the whole thing outside. Yeah. And I want to only use the free film they gave us. I don't want to <laughs> buy any film. So I ended up just ha- like I designed this crazy movie where there were only four setups total, but the whole idea was that there were sort of these time jumps, and it's like it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it was always the same setups. So that way, in you would click roll and you would have the person just do the whole movie in their setup <laughs> and I showed the raw and they were like the fuck is this and they were like this is the cheapest way to make a movie and it sort of came together but um that's very you though <coughs> that's very it's me very foreshadowing I have a there. really blunt question that I'm just gonna ask how big is your penis <laughs> <laughs> sorry go ahead um, I have a second really blunt question mm-hmm. it is do you ever worry that having gone to a school because what it sounds like is it doesn't stress anything in like psychology philosophy biology any of those ologies biology no right so do you, do you ever when you come out of the school or do you ever notice that there are people that can very feasibly get put on a set and be like you can run this camera you can go light this but then when you say to them go come up with an idea for a film you get like 
Well, you can take a. You can take What's a, the question? Just like if you feel like she having only learned filmic things, do you ever feel like maybe it would have been beneficial to, to learn, learn other, other things? I yeah. don't know of a lot of schools that are well rounded well, like that, I mean, but I think it would be yeah. good. Emerson is wicked concerned about that. Like yeah. I mean, when I was eighteen, I was like, I just want to make a movie, and they were just like, No, what will you make a film about? I was like, <laughs> I was like a half man, half ape. It doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> but no, they were definitely like. Take all your gen eds. You could take a million screenwriting courses. Uh, they have a lot of really... Uh, they actually required a few seminar classes. I took this one cool one called Sex Comedy in Hollywood. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of perfect for me. Um, the, the guy still works here, too. His name is Ken File, and he, he's like a, uh, he's written a number of books on like camp cinema and stuff. Um, take a guess. He actually liked my movies. Um, <laughs> but they really... They, 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 I, I took films of the 70s. I know that's all film-based stuff, but they, they tried to... They tried to mix it up a little bit um it's not like our grad school experience was particularly i don't like, think anything is like our grad school experience. yeah that is a um, <laughs> at least it's small so you, yeah. at least you know every, at least you know everybody <laughs> there were like the thing i remember in undergraduate film school it was always like little celebrities would pop up oh you know what i mean like that kid yeah you want, you want that kid to shoot well, your movie our program- I, I always resented that shit our program was so small, but there was like this one kid who came in knowing how to thread a 16 millimeter projector. There were only like 30 of us, so we were all like, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I touch you? <laughs> like, who is this kid? Oh my God. He's seen a Godard film. Oh my God. They <laughs> like, made us watch Godard like 30 times. I know. You know how many times I saw Breathless? Um, <laughs> Battleship of the Potemkin? And, I took, and then I went to film school again. And we saw it again. And I saw it again. Um, um, yeah. So should we talk about uh, vibes a little bit? Sure, I, th- I think so. I th- we started, and then yeah, we started. That's and all right. We went off on film school thing. Yeah. So, oh, how did it happen? It happened because, uh, what year is this? This was after undergrad. I was somehow back in Pittsburgh for a little bit, and I had a friend that just would call me for like fairly frequently and be like, "Well, this happened with this guy, and that was a big mess, and yeah. he blamed me for this <laughs> rash and all this stuff." and I was just like, why don't you just, why don't, what can I do? How so, can I yeah, be a friend? Let's just be clear here. <laughs> Vibes. Let's an, be blunt. An, ex, an ex-boyfriend would call you. He was an ex No, not time? me. No. So my friend would call and be like, I say my friend. People are going to think it's me. Okay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, my yeah. friend would Someone be like, yeah, this guy showed up and he gave, like he had a rash on his dick and he says, my fault. And just all this stupid stuff. Or like, That's this happened so and I didn't mean to, but blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I'm trying to be helpful. Like she lived in Ohio and I was like, I'm trying to be helpful. What can I do? I was like, I'll send her a vibrator because this is maybe going to slow the train down. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe somewhere Some weird in concept to me though. Cause like, why wouldn't it have occurred to her? I don't know. That, Some, like, you I, know? Isn't there a line in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> she, I guess, never I guess she, she had enough of a man supply in her program <laughs> that it didn't occur to her to grab one. Thank oh, you. What the hell is that line? That's how you explained it away. She was like, she's such a slut that she just <laughs> that she just forgot. Though you know, I was Man at work supply. and I was talking to my coworkers and they were talking about how they've never had I like they were talking about how either of them had never had an orgasm or whatever and mm-hmm. I was like, "Why don't you get a vibrator?" And they were like, "What are you talking about?" Like, Who, "Oh my like god." A lot of women actually after we made that film, like a lot of my friends were like, "Oh, maybe maybe I'll go get one." I'm like, "What 
was stopping you before. So we made that film. I don't know if it's the best advertisement for vibrators. <laughs> like I don't think I'd be like, damn, I gotta get one. But I think people were com- like more comfortable with the fact that we went in those stores and because like half of my friends are like oh i haven't been in one like sandy now that Sandy, you know why are you listening sandy um <laughs> she we went into the the stores in providence when yeah. i was visiting and i looked big, like a, the walmart of sex yeah big yeah. big big ones and we walked in and i've got my backpack on and she looks like a girl scout and we walked up and after we left they were really nice and she's like you know they're normal. <laughs> I said, they're normal. They're normal. Well, what do you think? They were going to like turn into I a vampire bat did. and fly They away? were going to like smack her with a dildo or something. <laughs> so, all right. So you, you end up writing a screenplay based on this experience with your well, friend. Well, yeah. It was first semester at Emerson Grad School and our screenwriting class had, I don't know, the train had run off the tracks be, and it was out honest, of control. This thing went to shit, right? It was the, it the was class, pretty bad. Yeah. Um, we would come the in. The guy got canned and all Oh my God, I've he never did. heard yeah, of this. It was a big mess. So I was like, well, it's every man. For, I was still full of like, this Hope. was before I became a little sour with the program, <laughs> but um, I was still full of like, well, I have all these ideas, so I'll just, no one's going to read this. So I can do whatever I want. I'm going to write a script about vibrators. It was like 35 pages. You saw it. Yeah. It was huge. Um, and was, I brought it in. Had that Ingrid Stobie staple uh, of ver- verbosity. Very, it was very verbose. Um, <laughs> and I was like, no one will read this. It's not my turn today. And so we're reading these other scripts, and they're about like a bakery. And a bakery. There was one about a bakery and there was one about paintings. And then I was like, well, shit. <laughs> this thing. We're coming up on dildos. It's <laughs> uh, going real I fast. Like, oh my God. I was like, everyone might be prudish. This is terrible. But then we all read it and Yan read the part of one of the, I was like peeing my pants. It was so funny. Um, so. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I only heard about it when we were in a business class together. Oh yeah, a, a, a business of film class. Business in quotes class. And while we're while we're on the subject of off the tracks, um, <laughs> and was slave labor. Um, yeah. Okay. You know who she is. Yes. And, she, and, and it, it, you it, know it, of whom I we didn't speak. have her. You know of whom we speak. I got off um, easy. She was. Uh, she she just did not give a fuck. Um, and and so guess what? Neither did I. Because I was getting. <laughs> Yeah. Every day in the back of the room. I would. I, I see. I, I ended up developing this um, sensibility that because I was going for free, I was invincible. And I, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It was like you can't. You can't. It, it's kind of like the. What jo- are you gonna do? Kick me out? I'm not paying. You know that Whatever. moment in The Dark Knight when the Joker's on the ground. He's like, "There's nothing you can threaten me with. <laughs> nothing with all of your strength." That's kind of what it felt like. It was like, "What are you gonna do? Kick me out for playing Tetris in your bullshit class? You're fucking committing a crime right now. You're stealing from all these people." Um, and basically, I would I would just sit there very visibly playing the game. And uh, Ingrid and a group of others uh, uh, started to pretty much lose their shit. Um, and I also, I'm not sure that I was uh, like, did I, I don't think I kept to my to myself either. Like, no, was, well, we were being used to promote yes someone else's documentary. Film. Yeah. yeah oh, was... and and you less than me because I I worked in IT and it ended up being like. Because I ended up building the website, I know oh you did a lot. I became attached to the project. You did a lot, like beyond the yeah. It turned out the guy who made it was great, and uh, and and I, I I actually think he's amazing. But um, I f- it was an unfortunate situation. It was hearts were involved. Um, <laughs> but in any event, you we we had to. One of our first assignments was a uh, come up in front of the class and pitch an idea. Did you pitch vibes? Did I? You did. I did. Oh my god! Yeah. I don't. Re- I repressed this class. I don't remember. <laughs> You, you you went up there and you were like, 
It's a movie about a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I was like, well, that's good, goddammit. Because I had just gone through a semester of... Um, uh, uh, th- there was a screenwriting class I took at the t- same time you guys did, but I had a different professor. And this guy, while... Uh, see, a lot of people actually like him because um, he really cares and he really does a lot. I remember he gave all of us like 10 bucks towards submitting our scripts to a film festival. Oh, my God. Like really nice stuff like that. He's a really great guy. But I really didn't respond to his teaching style <laughs> in as much as he he told you what to do, not how to do. He would be like... Uh, your script had he he would act like screenwriting was an exact science that could be fixed with math <laughs> and 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 yeah for me it's like i i really I, what excites me about stories are are really difficult stories to tell and really you know unsavory characters that are hard to defend and uh, that, that that's what excites me and um and so naturally he was like, this isn't likable or this isn't that or this isn't that. So I started to go off the fucking rails myself. So I started submitting scripts about, I finally submitted a script about a guy with two penises who ended up, or three? Was it three? Three, because I, I heard Every time it. he got mad, I added a penis. Um, and, uh, oh and, he, and he fell in love. There were ten. My guy fell in love with a, uh, a woman with two heads. No, a conjoined fetus, a dead conjoined fetus on her head. And um, uh, all this awful, all this awful stuff. Oh, and she had two vaginas. I, I just kept making it worse. And somebody in the class was like wicked offended, and I was told I couldn't read it. And then I ended up writing something about an, a severely autistic kid. I, I just kept going for it because I just couldn't stand it anymore. But basically, like uh, some people seemed amused in the class, but in general, they were all kind of just like going for it. There's a few like fucking like homeless puppy movies in that class. I'm not going for the homeless puppy movies. Um, <laughs> So when I when when you were like, hey, I'm like, I'm relaxed enough to be like, it's this comedy to about. talk like this in front of the yeah. Class. Well, I appreciate it. I was also kind of at the time like getting a, yeah, we were, I was pitching sexually frank at the time and I was about to shoot sexually frank. I hadn't even shot it yet, but I was getting really excited about some of the things I was going to do with the female characters in the movie and whatnot. And um and so I was especially responsive to like, here's a movie that here here's raunch for women. Here's raunch about women by women. I thought that was really cool. I was like, she should make that movie someday. <laughs> and, um, eventually, like bridesmaids would get made and stuff like that. I know. Um, I saw that three times in yeah. theaters. I mean, everybody loves it, uh, except for Kyle. Except for Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand how, though. I love that movie. I don't understand what you don't like. What could you not it's like? A good, about it's a good it? time. It's it's got everything that an Ingrid would respond to. <laughs> yeah. It's got a wacky drunk mom. It's got a. She wasn't <laughs> drunk though. She was in AA. Oh well, wacky. <laughs> she drew those pictures. Yeah. Ingrid, every yeah. Ingrid script has a wacky mom. Yeah, it does. It does. Every yeah. single one. Ingrid, so, I love it. It's so funny. I want so, you to uh, meet my mom. Okay. We can we'll bring, we'll have we'll her, on bring the her to the next podcast. Yeah. So so I ended up. Um, I don't know. Maybe like so I shot sexually frank, and I kind of forgot all about vibes and. Um, Every now and then, I when I saw you, I was like, "All right, vibes." Um, <laughs> and I thought, like, it sounds really easy to shoot to me. At, at like, there'd be challenges like getting into store, like porn, yeah. porn stores and stuff like that. But once you hop over that, it's you could make something that was um, kind of broad in scope, something that you could really call yours. And um, and after we had a really good experience shooting sexually frank, and I had these kind of standby crew members who are like, I'll do audio, I'll do, uh, you know, I'll shoot something, write a script. And I was like, I don't have anything to write. <laughs> I started to get it in my head that I was like, you know, it'd be kind of fun is to take some of this this idle energy and uh, make other people's movies. Uh, I mean, I, I think I've got it down to a science how to make this shit for free. And um, <laughs> and uh, so so 
I think I mentioned to you, you and I ended up being in another screenwriting class, uh, oh, Jeans. Yeah. And I remember we went out to get something to eat or we went to get a drink after class and there was a gentleman in our class who was really not taking his assignment seriously. And I gave, I berated him. Because um, <laughs> oh. he was wasting all of our fucking time with his bullshit drafts. Um, he's still doing that. And he know? was like laughing throughout most of my, he's still doing that. Yes. He, I, he was laughing throughout most of my berating of him. And then eventually I was like, no, I'm and serious. And then I made him a No. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't believe okay. he actually cried, but he was pretty upset. And then I, I, I didn't care because I was upset. Um, <laughs> but, I, but after he was done, uh, uh, it was just Ingrid and I, and I was like, so like, she was like, well, I'd really like to make something over the summer. I was like, well, what about vibes? And I, I think I said, we should make that sometime. I kind of threw it out like that because I, I identified the script as like, if I want to go down this path, if I want to experiment with the idea of making somebody else's movie, basically play, playing a producerial role, you know, uh, being the facilitator of getting something made, um, this seems like a good project to do it with. She seems relaxed enough. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal. Um, and no foreshadowing. It, it, it was not a big. It was not a big deal. I'm not sure I would do it, it again. But it's, it wasn't. No. It was not a big deal. Um, so you, oh man. <laughs> so you started to to jump on the. You know, I started to kind of like show you New England film and stuff like that, and we went through all the hilarious casting. Metal oh, that's actors. where I came into it yeah. too. Oh yeah, yeah. You, didn't yeah. Even, you didn't even know Ingrid. I didn't. Ingrid stopped me on the street when I was coming <laughs> out of Starbucks and was like, "I think we had talked to each other like a handful of times in the production room." And she's like, "I want you to play this part," and I was like, "Okay." And she's like, "You should try out. It's this date." And Wait I was just was like, she, was she dressed like a football out. player or something?" <laughs> hey, I want you. No, she like came up to me. I'm sorry, Ingrid. This is just really it, funny. No, it is how she I got am. like right in my face. We were on how like close? the crosswalk. She, she was like touching my arm. She was like, "I need you to play this part." And she and I'm does like, that. "Okay." She like she's like, "I am just, I just need a stiff cocktail." That's what it was like. Fifty-year-old gay man. Ingrid reminds me of a fifty-year-old gay man. Yeah, sometimes Ingrid. We just need to kick back and watch some bad sitcoms. <laughs> but um, so that's how I came into it. I didn't even know. I barely knew anything about, you know, the kind of stuff Ingrid made or like how hilarious. Well, I'm not sure vibes would ultimately indicate anyth- well, no, anything yeah. about Ingrid whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except that she's really funny. Uh, yeah. um, but that's how I came into it. And I ended up acting and being well, like I, moral support. We, we auditions. <laughs> I remember I was talking to you and I was like, I don't even really need her to audition. Like her audition for me was for you. Yeah, I was really. I, I was very skeptical because I, I did. I just didn't think you were an actress, and you weren't. But I mean, I'm not. It, as, it, as it turned out, um, uh, it, you were like the funniest thing in the movie, uh, and it was a really good call. Um, but uh, yeah, and she was pretty. Uh, she she defended that choice definitely. She was like, uh, "Elizabeth's where this money train." I didn't at. even know you. <laughs> I know. How did the? I don't know. Obviously, you're doing something goofy extraneously that right? you noticed. I, wow. You uh, need to see her uh, sleeping footage for her thesis, by the way. We'll get to that eventually. Well, I once slept in a room with her. and uh, I, don't, I, I We all slept in a room with her. Uh, but I don't Sleep have any over. footage, unfortunately. Um, so, so, yeah, we ended up, um, you know, we assembled the, the sexually frank team to do it. And uh, uh, you, my whole goal is like, I just want to kind of step back 
lead lead this fucking camel to water and just like let this movie get made. And I, I, I learned about myself pretty quickly that I can't I think what makes my shit free is that I'm because the one thing I still wanted to do was edit. I was re- that, that's still very important to me. Like I can't let go. Of, like I have to edit it. And and I realize like if I'm going to edit it, then I also kind of have to shoot it. Like I I, I kind of have to be like right there understanding what's getting shot. And so um, for that reason, I think that I probably wouldn't embark on something that because I consider vibes my my movie just as much as your movie or any other film I've ever done. And so if I was ever going to make a, a film of my own again, I don't think that I could like purposefully step away from the director's mm-hmm. seat. So we ended up kind of co-directing. We also sort of co-wrote. Uh, although at the time I was still, I, I tried to keep a distance where I was like just punching up jokes, like just trying to or shorten Will you them. talk about the names for a second? Oh, I would love to talk about the names. <laughs> Fucking angry. <laughs> right, okay. So like, the name Ingrid is already kind of an old lady's name. It's not old lady, it's of. just not, it's not like... I, t- I said that to some no, American. I, I mean, don't know what. Well, so you're Ingrid. We compared names. Your the sister. Other day. Well, that was for. <laughs> your sister is Britta and Gretchen. Yeah. Right? And Tucker. Britta and Tucker. Britta and Filter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you just kind of have the. You're already set into the not. I'm already damaged. Yeah, you got kind of the old lady yeah, Germanic thing going on. There's no, there's no like on. Josh and Lindsay. And yeah, Katie. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that'll happen too. Um. <laughs> So then when I'm reading the script and she sent me two because at the time I was like, these are so bite sized. You could almost do a web series with the same character. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. yeah I can yeah. believe Wait, there was two. There was the vibrator script and then there was the other the, one was literally the, the, the rash. The, the dick rash. Right. Right. Oh, I <laughs> so didn't know that it was separate. So, so I read both. Yeah, I, I sat there and I read in detail both scripts and um and I was like, yeah, this is almost, if the first one goes well, you could almost just make the second one. So like, to rehash a rash. What's that got to do? Oh, right. But both scripts had something in common. They both had a cast of old lady names. <laughs> and the fr- so like in Vibes, if you haven't seen Vibes, it's on my Vimeo channel. I'll post it on this, on this podcast. But yeah, you can watch the whole movie that, there. But there's, there's a uh, Bernice... Bernice is the friend, right? Yep. Lulu. That's me. Uh, 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 fuck. I, now Phyllis. I can... Phyllis. <laughs> um, uh, Ger- oh, Gertrude. Gertrude. And Hildy is and the Hildy mom. And Hildy is the mom, yeah. Now, folks, Hildegard. Hildegard. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it, 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 was hard, it was hard for me to swallow these names every time I read them. And, and every time I sent Ingrid notes... I always like it was a ton of stuff and she would always be like this is great I'm gonna incorporate all these changes and she, I would always be like the fucking names why are they old lady names and she would always just ignore that note she just wouldn't acknowledge what I was saying and then finally the fourth or fifth time I said it she was just very simply put in an email the names are fine <laughs> the names stay and then the names stay and then later on she was like well that was the joke I was like what do you mean that was the joke <laughs> what was the joke? Like you can't like that's only kind of funny. <laughs> it worked somehow. I mean, I almost feel like you'd have to go for much older lady names than that. Like they're pretty Eunice. bad. Eunice, yeah, or Agatha, <laughs> Agatha, or uh, there's others that we didn't use. Agatha's up there with Phyllis. I feel like though Phyllis, well, like Lorraine, Loretta. Lorraine, oh. oh, Lorraine, I don't think is that old. You? Yeah, well, those. I are, think of Lorraine. That's Bracco. like seventies. Yeah, Geraldine. And Josephine. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> my favorite. Look how delighted. <laughs> Old ladies. 
Um, I worked with a guy at a restaurant who really liked to wait on older people, and I thought it was a joke for a long time until finally I realized it wasn't. And I would be like, I, I gave the two 85 year olds. He's like, oh, yes. He would run over. <laughs> I want to eat them. Um, so, talk about uh, once you were kind of like, on the on on a roll with uh, getting locations and stuff, and he's because we've never really we we do have a blog up that kind of shows like a night of shooting, but I'm not sure there's a lot of information out oh, there. That about was a hard night. Get about getting stores about um, the hardest store. Well, I had that one really good day. I remember talking to you about it, where I literally just walked around the city and I would. I had a list of places I needed and a list of possible locations, and I every place I walked into is like all right. I was like. Okay, so then um, that was really easy until it got time. I had in my head, once I had gone into the Wild Orchid with Sandy, it's yeah. in Newport? Yeah, Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, it's a little tiny, uh, like, boutique. boutique yeah. yeah. Which, the night we shot at it, um, it was, I believe, a Friday or Saturday night in Newport, which mm-hmm. is like the richest coke addictist, <laughs> drunken assholes. And they, like, we'd be in the middle of a shot, and suddenly... Bam, 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 bam on the glass, and you turn it. It was people like, I don't know. I, it was people started to walk in into the store. Yeah. Like, I kept feeling we were. Well, get she a said they'd break her windows. Yeah, she's sometimes. like, oh, they break them all the time. I think they thought yeah. we were like shooting a porn. Yeah, really? I think, I think they right. thought that. I think you're right. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, that that was the hardest one to get. But in my head, I it was like perfect. So I really, really wanted it, and I had to go all the way up to their top tier of management. So we kept exchanging emails. I had to send them the script. Once I sent them, I took out a couple things in the script before I sent it to them. And then they were like, okay. That's never happened to me in getting a location. They've never asked for the script before. Yeah. Well, they, I think they, and then remember the night of, I think they had some concerns that we were going to unclassify their building. Yeah, it was pretty but... fucked up considering like she was trying to sell me like a uh, prostate stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> was she? Yeah. It's all, it, that's in the blog too. She's like, yeah, no, it's really good for your marriage and for your uh, prostate. <laughs> if you're just like, <laughs> I was just like, do I look like I'm like, I'm like 26. Um, I have never thought about my prostate. No, I, not yet. I'm trying to kick that can down the road. Uh, but um, well, what you found that was interesting was that as it turned out, they were owned by the same group as the big one. Owned, so the, the the script called for a small one. It was it, this is the narrative. They grow the stores, <laughs> a small one, and then a like a, a sort of outlet, which we fucking found. I mean yeah. that place, and I've been to that place a number of times. <laughs> not to, not, not, to uh, not to buy. Interestingly enough, because it's all far too expensive, and Nina and I just aren't that exciting. Um, but we would just go like for fun, like me, her, her brother, a few friends. We would go. It's like going to Super Walmart. Yeah, Except it's, just, it's, a it's like going to Target. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just enjoyable. Well, there's a bunch there. There's that one. I What's weird is if I'm on the commuter rail, I know when I get to Providence because I know the Gentleman's Club that's yeah. on the oh It's like God. bright Pepto-Bismol pink. And I'm like, oh, I'm here. But It was called Amazing. We almost went in there. Amazing on Thurber's. Yeah. There's a Gentleman's. Well, I don't even know what I'm calling it that. That's what they call themselves. There's a strip club right when you get to the station. And then I was driving around with Sandy. We almost went in there. But then we were like, what is? what are we going to gain from going in this strip club? Do we need this place? What is Sandy going to do? Will she think they're nice people? Yeah, you had a you had a a fairly conservative um, friend uh, that was going to film school. This is so funny. Definitely like distant from that world. But you just thrust her. (laughs) 
pardon the expression. She just got dragged. Her, her into four that. crucifixes in that shot. She yeah. didn't live in very the... far from there, and she let us. You know, the house was her house that she let us shoot there, and it was great for the movie. She was actually she fed us all, and she was really really great. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's who you need to attach yourself to. But did you find kind of quickly like so the 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 script called for a number of locations, not just the stores, but like all kinds of just little locations, like a bar and a a house and you know, just stupid shit that you feel like you should be able to get, but. I don't know. I think that maybe film students are deterred from trying or from asking. And like, didn't you find that like you just go in there as professional as can be and not like, like, hello, I'm from Hollywood, but like you, you, you go in and you're just like, I'm a film student. Not, you, you know, Emerson college. And they'll say yes, they really, yeah. Will. no one said no. Yeah. No one. Um, in fact, so most of them, especially except for the, the sex shop we ended up shooting at all the other ones were like, yes, yes, here's my card. Um, come film here. And, they, yeah, it was I high. once shot my first feature has tons of locations, and <laughs> and I I shot in a uh, cathedral, a beautiful Whoa. beautiful cathedral, um, at the school my sister was a high school alum of, and uh, we vomited all over the floor. We fought with swords. We did all you the did st- real vomit. Or- no, 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 okay. It was a uh, it was a uh, chicken and stars. Uh, soup, <laughs> um, raw. Uh, but we, uh, uh, we did all the things that people are afraid kids will do, um, and and why we ruin it for everybody. <laughs> but they didn't. They never saw us. They never caught us. We uh, we tried to keep ourselves cleaned clean. up. Well, we would always like for a good ten minutes, or probably longer, probably about a half hour of shooting before we got into the messy stuff the guy would just stand there watching us and we were like, we're never going to be able to shoot this movie. Like, we can't shoot our proper vomit sword play movie. And uh, eventually he left and we just went wild. Mm-hmm. People getting their arms cut off, people dying. That kind of happened at Wild Orchid. Or, yeah, because we had the... We were going to smack... Lisa with the with dildo. the giant the dildo. dildo. I was I was going to do that. It was a continuity error where we forgot that, <laughs> that there was supposed to be this sort of thing where at the beginning of the movie she gets a cell phone thrown into her face and she spends the rest of the movie with a bandaid on. And uh, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. We I, I but we forgot the we forgot to put the bandaid on her in that scene and so we needed to cause a new injury and we just did not have time and, to reshoot. And so we were bandaid. basically like I don't know whack her in the face with a dildo. <laughs> And it seemed, it, it seemed like a funny idea. And I, when I, as I thought, Not just a dildo, the biggest dildo I have ever <laughs> seen. Block. And we thought it was like, I, I remember thinking like, this is better than the original script. <laughs> because like, why would she just have a bandaid the whole movie? Isn't it funnier if the wound gets reopened and stuff? And, uh, but, but pretty quickly, like the, the owner was like, he, he's not, well, the manager referring to the owner was like, he's not going to like that. We have we totally have that on tape. It's on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, we eventually had to kind of act like it was the box that caused the injury, yeah. even though the dildo's flapping around. So it sort of evokes the idea that the dildo might have caused it. It ends up. Working <laughs> kind of but I remember uh, Neil Murphy, who was on this podcast to talk about festivals once. Uh, I showed him that movie, and the only thing he had to say about it was, was, that? was, was that a continuity error? If that's the only thing he has did to you, say, then it's fine. He was like, did you have a, did you, did you uh, forget the Band-Aid or something? I was like, <laughs> fuck, he makes movies, so he knows. Um, but it was a generally fun time. You had, you had some friction with the cinematographer, but other than that, um, you have a style of directing, we found out, that's low energy. Low key, low key, low key, mellow. Because on the like on the first day, you were um, 
you were like working really hard with uh, Danielle getting the light set up. The first day was the bar shoot. Yeah, which and we you kind of jumped the, into it. So you were kind of like, um, hey, it was brand new, really. Uh, had yeah. you sh- had you shot like narrative stuff like that no. before? Ever? Yeah. So I not could, of that size. So so I feel bad that I kind of hung back because I should have I should have been like, well, if this is like new to you, I should kind of. I feel do like some the hand-holding. first few days we were all sort of like, like what do you really do? Like yeah. everyone was just sort of like feeling everybody out. Well, I I, I wasn't because I <laughs> because I've shot I've shot movies. You I, were sh- doing something, but uh, well, you were I, like no eating. <laughs> no, well, again, I, I come I come from this sort of this guerrilla world where guerrilla filmmaking world where you don't even stop you don't even sit to eat you you pop snacks you <laughs> like you train your DP like a dolphin <laughs> and you. Uh, and we got kind of used to that because if you sit down and you carb load like that in the middle of a shoot and you've got shoots, you have shooting to do on the other end of the uh, of your lunch or your dinner, you're all going to slowly gassy <laughs> get back to what's going on and you'll never finish it. And the energy will be too low. So really what you're better off doing, Nina would always pack us and she ended up doing this on Vibes, I think. Yep. She would pack us this kind of Tupperware. Yeah, a snack box. Just little quick snacks. Like yeah. Little tiny waters, little tiny. It's like feeding treats. toddlers. That's really what you. That's really what you want to do. And if you. The only time you should break for lunch or dinner, in my opinion, is if you have a break built into the day where like basically you were going to you've finished shooting in one town and you're going to go to another town (laughs) at four o'clock and you have enough time for everybody to go get some dinner. But even that's fucking dangerous. Well, there was that night when talk about this. I need to talk about it. I was was a mess. I was the only force of reason in the car and And not saying something. And I feared you. If I didn't like (laughs) uh, cheeseless pizzas. I was like, we're all going to (laughs) die. We were driving to the big, big shoot. Elizabeth was driving. I'm not. You were were like the the Bruce Campbell of this. Yeah, I kind of was. Actress. My chin's a little small. Slash therapist. Um, yeah, that was just yeah. Well, you you were driving and I was in the this car. This is very typical. I've been through the same thing on uh, th- across three fucking feature films. I've been through this before. But basically it's like the actors have no regard for the time that you have to shoot at. And I also had no idea where we were going, so I got lost. What happened to GPSs in the modern... I had my navigation The phones were two steps behind, and we ended up going over that giant bridge and having to to turn around. We're like, do we have money? (laughs) (laughs) We're like digging for change. The whole thing was horrifying because we had that location for... It was the boutique. It was the night of the porn stores. We had the boutique for... Two hours, I believe, uh, which is which is a tight schedule for the amount of coverage and the amount of action. If you you want to have some a lot of motion in a scene like that, so if you're going to shoot it uh, quickly, um, you really need to start on time and you need to block. <laughs> you need to get there early, block it, and then do it. Yeah, because we didn't have that kind of rehearsal time because we had un- uncommitted actors in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sorry, folks, if you listen to this, but uh, you know, come on, you know. Um, <laughs> what happened was that everybody showed up hungry. That's and that's a fucking bullshit right there. You have to if you direct it's like seven o'clock at night. I was like, I don't have yeah, dinner. I'm like why? Yeah, and with, we with, with every plan to we are going to be shooting until four in the morning. Yes. So we stopped at well, we got off like Mickey a couple G's. exits. No, and we left twice. We got off twice. Someone Three. I'm not gonna name names had to have McDonald's. I'm like, there's no McDonald's. There's no sign for like just drive. And so. <laughs> We got off, and then I was like, "We're all, Frankie's going to kill us, me first. And then I we got back on the road, and then someone else is like, oh, no, but we can go to, like, 
donkers but there is an exit there i'm like oh my god what time is it and then our navigation was like not worried they went over the bridge and i was like uh, i'm gonna fuck this whole night up it's gonna be terrible so it turned so two hours turned into one hour and um and, and that's one hour to block and to that shoot. was like survival mode so, and well, yet. So I, I, I i had to gather all of my strength <laughs> uh, 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 everything that i've ever learned and and uh and basically the, the 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 strategy the shooting strategy in a dire emergency situation like this is shoot basically um it's a war of attrition like you you start by shooting as wide as you humanly can so that if you get kicked out in the next moment, you'll, you'll at least have the line. You could show the whole thing like a play, and then and it's also an opportunity to for the actors to find, to go through the entire motions, flub through the dialogue. They, you won't see their mouths, so you can ADR that because they're gonna fuck up the dialogue the first time. You know they will. Elizabeth, like. like Oh my god! You can, you can vouch for this. You just threw over the whole bridge. You were like, mm, "Can't talk." You can you can vouch for like in that first take. You're like, "Oh my god, I can't do this." Like, yeah, I'm never. Gonna oh get my god! This. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> but see, I, I I do know that that's going to happen. So yeah, that's why I shoot wide, let you fuck up, let you work out the kinks while we're getting something usable. Yeah, and then you move into the next thing. That's that's the second most important, and then you the third most important, and you kind of start to follow where the actors are landing and get your shots. And what we started to do was we would do a two. Sh- if almost always the action was landing in a, in a two shot, meaning person one and person two, left and right of the frame. So you get that. Now you get that. Now it's a two shot. Like now we're in a close up of a two shot. That's just as important. And then finally you get their singles and then you can edit that all together. And it was one take each. But the thing is, is that instead of trying to get every setup, every camera setup correct, just shoot tons of setups and you'll be able to edit something together. You can start to borrow audio from different takes and fix the whole thing. When you watch that scene, that's one of the. It is a Frankenstein of a scene. (laughs) But it came out, I think, one of the best in the film. Yeah. And sometimes that energy, sometimes that like, oh my God, (laughs) sometimes that, that really, really helps a scene. Uh, Sometimes like too much time, too much relaxation. I never Uh, thought about that. That's kind of true because of what that scene was where everyone's sort of just like. Yeah. Just shoot, 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 shoot. And we're all looking very awkward. (laughs) Keith's over in the corner being like, I have three hours. (laughs) Keith and Nina both. I think Nina and Lena fell asleep together. Um, But you also start to, um. I think people I, I've been on enough film shoots to know that like people waste a lot of time with if there's a flub there's like they laugh at the flub and then the camera goes down and then they talk about the flub and then they reset the whole thing and, and it's then like, the camera has go. to get set back up again <laughs> what you should do is just be like you flub take it back to this and just shoot it again and and, and if you don't skip a beat you'll waste a lot less time <clears throat> so and we went over to the 4am shoot and mm. um, ooh lord we had plenty of well, or the two a.m. I guess, and we had plenty of time, and we just kind of got it. I think we. I mean, we were. It's a. It's a miracle. I think that it, it came out because we were just dying. The energy. <laughs> My favorite line that you of all your like footage you shot around it was when you said, that, "What did you say?" I because I had lied to Lena. Basically, oh, yeah, perfect. You told the actors <laughs> we would be wrapped up one. You told one of like two or something. We didn't even start filming until that we would be wrapped up by the time we actually arrived. <laughs> And, and it wasn't like it was a mistake. That was the time we were supposed to arrive, meaning it was a blatant lie. Um, She's delusional. She's delusional. So I started talking about how delusional Ingrid was. 
Because um, she was like, we were supposed to be done by two. <laughs> Frankie's just like, no. Like, no, it's why would that have happened? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, all in all, we it was, a, it was a fun experience. Like I said, I probably wouldn't... Um, I probably wouldn't elect to not direct next time, but um, it, it was really cool for you, I thought. I, I was, think it was... Yeah, I think it was like a big in hindsight learning experience not just overall but like on interacting with people yeah because I mean, we it's super yeah. social yeah. I re- frankie and i had to have like a talk but it was <laughs> but it was i thought valuable in general it was like, about kyle let's face no, it no it wasn't about it wasn't i talked with kyle too Poor Kyle. His heart. um yeah I, it was i think that it was just like different people doing different things and then finally we were like okay well if we do it like this it might work better yeah it's, it's about finding your um what's the tone what's the tone of the shoot like is it a relaxed uh sort of slow heartbeat or is it um is that what i have (laughs) yeah basically and that's not i'm really i'm i'm not saying this just to be nice to you that's i'm not denouncing that style of filmmaking it's just not um it's just not really compatible for a budget well that's i remember the day that we finally i had a like a light bulb moment because you were like okay we're doing this and i literally was like but i'm still thinking about this <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so then i was like well okay. you, start to, you start to learn um you start to learn how to think about it while you're while you've d- already done something so like even if you could, like often while i'm trying to figure out a scene i'm shooting anyway and it's it, it's the process of just fucking doing it, just getting something on camera that kickstarts better thoughts about what you could be doing because it starts to become real rather than trying to plan everything from the top. Um, that's what I find. I remember a few actors have complained about me with that where they're like, you always just say, let's just shoot it. I'm like, well, that's my way of making it real and um, and, and, and putting you in a situation where it's real for you now and we have to uh, we have to make quick decisions. So. There were a few scenes that I thought were really kind of quiet and low-key in that movie that I ended up really liking, like the phone conversation stuff. I thought Kyle actually did a really great job with the cinematography in general. I think the movie looks like a 90s film or something like that, <laughs> which, I, which I always thought was really cool for that. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think I walked away going, I hope it's not sex negative. Like, I hope it doesn't denounce, like... Uh, I thought it was really cute. Yeah, it, it was definitely <laughs> cute. Like, watching the whole thing, it's very cute. And we would realize just how cute... <laughs> Um, yes. Oh my God. Let's yes. Talk about this. Jaguar Cougar. <laughs> talk about Cinecink. Uh Well, I'll go and then because you've been there, so I'll just say. Well, it, yeah, like, yeah I'll preface it with just simply. Uh, it's actually Frank premiered there. It was. It's a sex positive film festival. It Boy, accept, is it ever! It accepts movies that are um, of a sexual nature. I, I was about to say not necessarily porn, but often of a pornographic nature. Um, it normally it's trying to uh, uh, speak for marginalized, you know, like the 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 night that Vibe screened, or even the night that Sexually Frank screened. There's just a lot of like um, disabled people like having sex like live on camera. There's uh, a <laughs> there's like trans a lot of transgender stuff, a lot of queer cinema, uh, all kinds of stuff. It's basically it's about like if they're if they're adults and they're consenting, then this festival wants to celebrate their sex lives. Um, so vibes got in, um, and we, I had fun there at, 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 when we screened it sexually Frank, I got the little bit that night sexually Frank, which is not a kid's movie by any means was so compared to the graphic nature of all of the films that preceded it was so cute and genuine compared to all of those. And I think that like people ended up really responding to it. 
So I said, they, they, they contacted me and were like, you can submit another film for free now that you got in once. And I was like, well, fuck, like, Vibes hasn't gotten in anywhere yet. So I threw it in and we got accepted and I told you about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, then, and then I heard soon after because yes. I kind of got wagon trained on this whole process. You wanted to <laughs> I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, I was like, we should just go to New York. Do you guys want to go? We we're like, yeah. So then we're the three of us on the mega bus balcony heading to new york um you booked a hotel room yeah. near the cinema which was kind of not what it looked like online it's a little more yellow the festival or the the hotel uh, room the hotel? Yeah. i slept on the floor it was very tiny i slept on the floor in front of you guys and uh we got like to know each other even better sneaking blankets yes. i've got the blanket guy outside the door you guys are like, <laughs> i'm like there's only one person and they just need one Anger more blanket. so <laughs> mad like, shut up he was like shut the <laughs> um, but we, 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 we went there in our, you know, I went to sexually Frank in my Sunday finest cause I knew they were going to take photos. Oh that yeah. We looked cute. And I told you guys to go in your Sunday finest, but I decided not to for myself because <laughs> I just wasn't feeling it. And, uh, so I'm like in my sweatshirt and jeans and you guys were, yeah, you guys were like, like looking pretty cute. And uh, and we also met up with Rhiannon, who, mm-hmm. who showed up with her boyfriend. She plays the boutique owner in the movie. Wonderfully. Mm-hmm. And uh, and one of Ingrid's friends as well. Yeah. So we were all there for our big night, and uh, <laughs> uh, basically it was quite a big night. On the on the when I went to Sexually Frank, we screened in the theater upstairs, and it was a pretty. It was like larger than the one downstairs. And this night they were like, "Oh, we have to be downstairs because of um, handicap accessibility," and I was like. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was like, do we have like an esteemed handicapped guest arriving? Um, yes. I started, I started getting, like, as I always do, at screenings, I get as anxious as I do on a film set. So I started being like, where the fuck is Rhiannon? Like, as if we were shooting something. I thought you were just being, well, okay, this is how you phrase it, though. We're all kind of sitting down. I was like, I'm hungry. Can we go after our screening? And is that rude? And everyone's like, we don't know. And then you were like, I just, I, I care about everyone. I need to make sure Rhiannon gets here. I just, where, I, I care a lot about this. I was like, okay. And you'll go running down and then you go outside. Well, I, was, I just wanted to, like, I don't know how many movies Rhiannon's in, but how often does she get to screen to, like, a public? You know, it doesn't, even a fucking handicapped one. Um, oh, so, Jesus. So, so uh, I, I, it was important to me that she get there and stuff. So I was a little, once everybody showed up, I was able to relax. <laughs> Excuse me. So as I'm trolling around outside looking for her, texting her like mad, she's not responding. Um, the first disabled guy comes in and he's, he's, uh, he was the director, right? Boxy, of the boxy first... little man on a yeah. wheelchair. And, uh, uh, I, I opened the door for him and then another one comes in and then I go back to the theater and I'm like, fuck it. I just, I guess I'll just wait for Rhiannon here. And then another one and another one and the whole bottom of the theater started filling with uh, almost like there was going to be a wheelchair show. You know, it's crazy. I didn't even think anything of it. Really? Till you're talking about it now. I, mean, it was, I didn't. I didn't notice. I knew the two from the film, but I didn't notice anything. I was like, "Damn, there's a lot of a lot of these." Wow. <laughs> Damn, there's a lot of crips. Um, oh my god! Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and <Ooh>. then. Um, <laughs> Okay. The whole the whole theater totally. Packed. It was full, and I was like, "Wow!" Because I was really—it was like a Wednesday night. I didn't think anybody was going to show up, was, and I thought we were going to have this yeah. whole trip for no reason. Pierogies. <laughs> we watched the pierogies. Yeah, we watched the first movie, and we discover why there are so many handicapped folks. 
And it's because the first movie is called Crutch. 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 And it's uh, it's a, a totally a pornography. Uh, well, it's a it's a woman. It's like half. It not was very thoughtful. In as much as compared, there was an extra compared idea. to the third one. Yes, it was. Yes, it yes. Was. there was much more. You think idea so? Because the third idea. one was trying to have some. Anyway, we'll get into that. <gasps> Crutch was about a, a handicapped woman who has. She, it looked to me like she had cerebral palsy, and so she because she had those. Kind I of, don't know because well, she had she <laughs> yeah, had those the um, walking those multi jointed crutches, um, and she, and it's 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 a sort of artful footage of her walking through New York City on them. And then it'll it juxtapose that with footage of her trying to sort of get up on her bed and uh, and do herself with a vibrator. And it kept cutting between the two. Until she attached the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, she, she fails to orgasm and then she falls. Right. Uh, on the street. I'm like, damn, handicap is hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're falling all over the place. Oh, my God. And then we get into the... Um, the crutch. The crutch She aspects. picks up a crutch and basically fashions a handicapped dildo out of it. With a... There is a vibrating cock ring involved, I yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was just like, thank God for by the this cock point, ring. Like, like I, had, I didn't know what was going to happen with that. <laughs> we, we three had had, had a number of um, like uh, uh, like offensive material arguments before the screening. And so I'm super conscious of that, and I'm conscious of the fact that I'm like, like Ingrid's got her friend here. I don't know Rhiannon that well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck about crutch, but, think... but I'm worried that everybody else does. And it was kind of hot in there. It was yeah, really it was, warm. It was totally warm. So full. Um, you can't get out. Crutch really wasn't. <laughs> no, we could all. Crutch. Live with it. Yeah, we were okay with that. So then and our, then, then, we our, showed. then our movie showed. And I was freaking because I hate seeing my face. Yeah, you started to kind of visibly shake. <laughs> yeah. And and, and and I started to. Uh, I started to get a little bit worried because you st- you don't really have a good sense of the quality of your film until you see it through different eyes, and it's you rarely see it through different eyes because rarely does anybody want to watch. That your movie, period, <laughs> and, and B, do they want to watch it with you? <laughs> um, so you kind of let people watch it by themselves and shit. So there is that moment where you're like, "Oh, geez." Um, I was really scared. Yeah. But they they were right there with every laugh, like like big laughs too. Yeah. I, I, I I as I always do, I recorded the audience screening and I synced it to the footage. So it's on. It's on. I, I saw. It's pretty it. cool, actually. Um, it's for people. <laughs> is that uncool of me or something? That's I think no. no. I meant to say thank you and forgot. Well, so it's thank no you. <laughs> It's something that you don't think of doing, but it's something that it makes. I feel like it would make a big difference. Imagine like ten years, ten years from now, being like, "Oh yeah," like or like if you ever try and do a similar project or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I would have liked to have done that in like workshop or something. But they, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, the thing that sticks out in my mind the most about sitting through that screening. This is a really weird specific thing, but I was so happy with the sound mix. Yes, really. Because the movie that preceded and the movie that proceeded both had really messy sound mixes, and so like you had blown out audio in the right ear and and really too quiet audio at other times, and vibes nice and even the whole way through. Nice, and they had the volume right at the right level, and I was like, you know what? If nothing else, like you can fucking hear it. And uh, it sounds like a weird thing, but for any film students, like the, I think you guys would agree that sound has this strange effect of making things look better. Well, I think that as soon as something sounds bad, you can tell that you see, yeah, somebody didn't love it. Everything, yeah, yeah. everything gets like that's it. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then but if it sounds good, you just don't notice. The can we sound. Uh, 
can we talk about mommy is coming and the fact that I didn't yeah. understand until we were watching it. Okay. <laughs> so, you didn't get the end one? Yeah, okay. No, so, I don't know. Mommy is I, coming. I know, but I, didn't know, I don't know <laughs> what I thought. I don't know. So the third film is called An Mommy hour. is Coming. And, okay, so, what? yeah. Can I, you set up the first scene? Yeah. Because that's how, that's when. That you, was, I don't even know how they shot is, that. I was trying to explain to Ingrid, like, I remember when we were talking, like, very, trying to, like, mention, like, okay, Okay, so the film after us is called Mommy is Coming. This is going to be an intense night. And Ingrid's like, oh, that's great, whatever. What time do we go on? And I'm like, no, you yeah, don't understand, Ingrid. Can we get something to eat? Uh, <laughs> Mommy is <But> coming. Yeah. <laughs> so the first the, scene. The, the, the first scene is, is, is um, there's this. So the whole thing takes place in Berlin. Ber- like the sexy underbelly of Berlin. The yeah. dark sex dungeon. It, it's, it's, it's shot. It's shot. Um, well, I had sort of a really artsy 16 mil uh, credits opening. Yes. And I was like, wow, this is yeah. going to be some level of production. And they were, it, what were they? It was like they were pack, unpacking like yeah, a sexy yeah. suitcase. Yeah. And it was very like fuzzy and nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of well shot. And um, I wonder if they stole it from somebody. And Annie Sprinkle <laughs> was listed as the casting. Who's that? Annie Sprinkle. She's a performance artist tranny sprinkle from <laughs> god um from the 80s who did a bunch of stuff oh, maybe she a was couple papers but maybe it, yeah. she was mom was, mom she wasn't she, no maybe yeah. well anyway she so there, there there's this blonde uh fairly attractive short but dylan. short hair sort of the character dylan. Is dylan thank you pixie Andrew. she's like a Pixie. She's like a pixie, right? And she, she, um, but she's got like a little bit of a tough exterior, just a slight tough exterior. The worst actress on the planet. Oh my god! She's got this this steep ass German <laughs> accent. It's like I don't have to be around you. Wait, what did she say to her mom? She's like, mother, why are you here? I do not need your mother. And so she, she, she mind your own business. Mind your own business. I need to see stars, mother. I, I need to see fireworks. Oh my god! And you, you are not do not do that. <laughs> so she, um, we're awful. She's in the back seat of a cab, and this, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of butchier lesbian leaps into the back seat with a gun, <laughs> and, and uh. <laughs> Places the gun to her head and, and 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 does sort of a rape fantasy with her, and you quickly start to realize that uh, that it's consensual. But there is that moment of fear that you're like, "This isn't consensual." I'm watching this horrible rape happen at gunpoint, and um and she's fucking her with the gun and stuff like that. And so well, the taxi driver. Um, meanwhile, fine. The, well, the taxi driver is like kind of getting getting well. That his was, her rocks off. Yeah, that was kind of like a. a yeah, the taxi driver was transgender, like yeah. fe- female to male. Um, I'm not, you know, it seemed like pre-op <laughs> to get into the details. Um, but it, yeah, basically as the, as the film goes on, the plot is the Dylan's mother is, go, uh, is concerned about Dylan's life prospects and is going to come visit. She's American. She's going to, for some reason. Well, she seems, she seems like oh she's like some God, kind of you're expat. Right. For some reason. Right. What? She seems like some kind of expat. Yeah, because we got a little background with the husband. That's who right. Yeah. Very she's, German. Her, her husband, uh, doesn't, uh love her anymore yeah uh, physically I, um she's whatever. like always trying to get with him and stuff but but basically it it's kind of like a softcore porno in a kind mm, 
well, in as in as much as you have you have like a, a it's like porn with a plot. You have a st- yeah. yeah, you have a stint of story, and then it becomes porn. Except it was really hardcore porn. Yeah, like super hardcore. <laughs> like, uh, but 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 no penises at all throughout the whole. No thing. real. No, yeah. I needed no like real a look, mental yeah. break though. At like minute forty six. It is weird. Uh, like after a while, you become very fatigued by it. it well, yeah, I mean, it really I think it's because draining. do any of us, if we are watching porn, does anybody ever watch a porn straight through? No. Uh, the male skips around <laughs> in his porn, yeah, looking well, for a good moment. As do I think the ladies. Yes, think but else? are there hour long? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I come across forty five minutes all the time. But like, and then so you you have this thing where it's like you're watching a porn. You can't fast forward at all, and you're stuck in this very hot room. And it's not your with thing. it's not your thing. It's yeah, I mean, you're, late at your night. friend it's from high school. It's a Wednesday. To to you know, there's 150 fucking people in this room with you, and everybody's kind of sweating, and <laughs> they're loving it a lot more than you are. Yeah, and you just came off this like the laughs for this movie made me question the laughs for our. Movie. Well, they I didn't. Was like, is everything funny? Because they didn't start laughing till midway in. I noticed. So uh-huh. I think they let it carry them and then so they the gun, started the laughing. So the gun-toting uh, lesbian yeah. um, um, is told by Dylan that she, she doesn't is, give her fireworks. That, yeah, she doesn't give her fireworks. And that's there are no trumpets. There's yeah. nothing. <laughs> There's no, no trumpets. There's not, yeah. And uh, and so Dylan goes on. No, not Dylan. The other one, whoever her name is, who was the director. Um, and we ended up sharing a Q&A with her. <laughs> Um, she told me I did a really good job. She she, she slaps on a uh, a little fake mustache. Uh, What's her name? Wears tighter shirts to cover her tits, and become and basically starts doing this gender bender thing where she starts exp- like getting involved in crazy like group sex and stuff. And we keep watching it, and we also keep cutting over to Dylan, who's also having her own wild group sex. Um, in apartments and in apartments, and everybody keeps exploring these like dun- these sex dungeons and stuff like that. So the mother comes to town. And the mother ends up running into the gender bender one, and thinking, uh, thinking, she is thinking she's a man. Male. We don't know why. And yeah, I mean it's she quite obvious. It's quite on. obvious she's a female, but whatever. And, and she's staying at that weird, like, sexy. Oh, that the hotel that the um the mustache mustache show works at. Yeah, why was she staying <laughs> they at the sexy to, they, hotel? They start to bang. And, <laughs> well, sort of, <laughs> non penetrative, orally, because um, it keeps being this. I don't remember, I must have blocked them out. <laughs> it keeps being this thing where she's like, "No, just you tonight." And finally, that that turns into like they're gonna have their last night of sex together. And she's like, "No, tonight, I really, I want you to take out your your schlong and bang me." And uh, and that happens to be in sort of a faulty towers farcical uh, way. Uh, Dylan shows up but, wa- wanting to do makeup sex and her glasses fall but off. the the non-Dylan with the mustache knows that it's her mom though by yes. that point because yeah. she saw a picture right. so she is in the, she's in between this dilemma of like I have to fuck the mother and I have to fuck <laughs> the daughter and it and, and Dylan's glasses fall off and she becomes blind and it, and it turns and she had a strap on on and it <laughs> And it turns <laughs> chaos. You, chaos. you wonder why the audience was laughing. It, 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 it's actually kind of funny. It, 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 <laughs> we were just too shocked. It it turns into the daughter fucking the mother, and for some reason, at that moment, the butch turns on the lights to reveal. Why it. would you? 
trying to hide it throughout <laughs> most of it. And then here's the fucking thing. So that's the big shocking moment of the film. And then the uh, the very next scene, they're all just standing together having a laugh. <laughs> they're like, it's oh. very confusing. Yeah. The very apparently funny line was when all this is happening, and then the mustache lady was just like motherfucker. And I'm sitting there being like, is this the payoff? Yeah. <laughs> this is the payoff that for the last like, 50 does she, minutes. Um, do we remember if she said? Um, something did she say the title as the fucking was happening or did i no. make that up Mommy okay is, no that would be too much that would be a block okay the, the other somewhat artsy thing they did was they oh they, they repeatedly cut to the actual actors that were depicting them yeah. talking about the yes. motivations of the characters little fourth wall which i actually liked i, I like, liked it much I more like than the other stuff we were well, in a way it sort of made the horrible acting okay because it was like uh, acknowledging that this is a depiction. It's like the Shutter Island yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. It's Shutter Island. <laughs> that, that, that movie was a Scorsese. <laughs> so the then we, Shutter Island we, of porn. We got up there with the uh, with the, uh, the 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 handicap folk and uh, uh, well, how, what would you like me to call them? I just, I mean they were there. We were just all up there. The we, cripples. We got oh, up God. there with the filmmakers. <laughs> and um, they get up there and with and with the mustache person. And like we barely, Ingrid did not say word one, um, but also that was. I wasn't asked anything. Yeah, but come on, you're gonna wait your whole life to be asked something. I did wait. I did. I introduced myself and I said what I did for the film, and then after that they were like, "So Frankie." Yeah, but you could have just just jump in. I would be like, "As Frankie," I would like to say, because <laughs> they knew me from Sexually Frank. As Frankie Junior. But I, if you remember, I ended up just I was too. Uh, enthralled by both other films that I just kept asking them questions. They were like, anybody have questions for the filmmakers? I was like, like yes. <laughs> um, and uh, it was after that that a uh, this woman, this Mexican woman came up to me named uh, Jaguar Domingo. Or no, 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 no. Domina Jaguar. And I'm realizing Dom- now that Domina must be a title. Yeah, yeah. I went which- to the website. I did not realize until you sent that email. It's a total like like sex thing, like big time. So what is she doing in Mexico? I have absolutely no idea. But I sent her a link to the movie, and she's like, "Great, this will be very helpful." Because she asked, she wanted us to, she wants vibes to be in a Mexican film. That would be amazing. We're Uh, all going. Yeah, well, maybe you. (laughs) Um, Spanish. (laughs) El vivos. El vivos. And we got some pierogies and went home. It was a fun night. That was kind of the end of that movie. But we, uh, uh, you, you, you wanted to get on this podcast, not not necessarily to talk about that. You wanted to talk about experimental film. Well, that's what I thought we were talking about. Yeah. Can wait? Can I actually? Can you two talk for like four minutes? You I take just, a dump. I no, I just really have to go pee. I drank that <laughs> okay. venti tea. This is unprofessional. I'll be right back. It's fine for this very professional podcast. Um. So we we teased with what your thesis project is, but no. without any embarrassment, without any apology. Yeah describe just okay so um i'm an experimental filmmaker and i do a lot of performance art so i'm in almost everything that i've made um and i wanted to make a film about like about the idea of a home and about the ideas of like feeling uncomfortable doing domestic things Mm. um and feeling like like a failure at keeping up a home um so which which i am (laughs) um so it is a it's a four channel uh piece and i'm showing it as an installation for the final but my idea is that i can edit it into a longer piece but each channel is a section of my apartment it's a room and i'm doing these performances trying to kind of like show how 
like I feel about each space. Um. So what did you end up doing? <laughs> Just like in each video. Yeah. Okay. Or well, how did? Well, maybe more importantly, like how did you come about the idea? How 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 did how do you? Because like we we just spent a lot of time talking about how you attack a narrative film. Yeah, right? you got to get your locations. Maybe you sh- you have a shooting strategy. But how do you? What, something that has almost no rules. And is that even fair for me to say? That no, rules? it's true. <laughs> you have to. There is a certain amount that you have to make your own rules, and it's tied to like you also have to make your own motivation. Because I shoot almost exclusively alone. So when you're doing that, like there's almost like there's no reason that you actually have to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing, there's no one you have to answer to. You don't have a crew being like, I really want to shoot. So you're like, but you don't have anybody to bounce anything off of either. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> which is until, tough. until later, until, until later, late. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which can be a problem. Yeah. Um, I find that for me, I always start with, um, because it's so performative, the work that I do, which is different from sort of other experimental film making techniques. I, I, but I do find that I do this sort of contradictory in the work that I do that's not performative. I start out with, I am going to do X, Y, Z. And then, um, like, for instance, for the kitchen segment, I, the whole thing was like, I'm just going to cook a chicken and we're just going to shoot the whole thing. And... Um, it really doesn't start to mean anything till I actually start doing it. Like it really doesn't become until you're anything. Co- until you're cooking, for instance, or until, until I'm, you're editing. Until I'm cooking. Okay. Um, like I did a like and like I did another project before this. Um, it was kind of my like sort of debut into the program, and I come from an art school background, yeah. so everything is kind. This of, one's fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's kind of bordering on the shocking. You know, there's a lot of, you know, whatever. Anything goes, pretty much. Um, And I had this idea. I've always used glitter in a lot of my pieces. So I wanted to do something um, as glitter as this stand-in for, like, feminine expectations. And I am lying on the floor with my shirt off, which you can't really see, you know. Not at first. Not at first. (laughs) (laughs) And I had my boyfriend at the time, actually, he starts by just dumping two pounds of pink glitter on my face. Um, And when I was like... It's meant to be semen, right? No. (laughs) Everybody told me it was. Really? Oh, my God. They're like, well, obviously it's semen. It's not. Yeah, okay. Oh, my God. No. Oh, wow. People. That's crazy because I... I did in another entire film where I'm in the shower and I had someone dump glitter on me. So, like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I hope they didn't think it was that. Oh, my God. No wonder my parents hate this. Well, because there's kind of that... Because as the video goes on, as he dumps more... I mean, really an uncomfortable amount of glitter. I mean, it's it's very uncomfortable. It's just one shot of her uh, getting glitter dumped into her face and, and especially in her eyes and mouth. And eyes and mouth... On a woman, especially a nude woman. Yeah, um, that's true. Like it's 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 just kind of, you know you feel you taking it you know tolerating it. Yeah, um, trying to not choke on it. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it it feels like yeah like a, a comment on sexuality. That's that's true. There's layers of that, but again, that wasn't like my original intention. Though that sort of pose that I was in was sort of yeah. informed by this. Right. But um, the whole like when I was you know. 
proposing this, my whole thing was like, okay, I'm just going to lie down and it's going to be this kind of shot and they're just going to dump glitter on my face. And everybody was like, well, what's going to happen? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, they're like, why is this going to be interesting? And I'm like, I'm going to try and get it. Like my whole thing initially was I'm going to try and get it off my face without using my hands. Um, yeah, a little dangerous, by the way. I, well, that's yeah. So, so there wasn't really any. Do you have a safety like, word? You have to have like a safety word or something. So that's not a safe way to make movies. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do this at home, children. Um, or have some kind of thing that you can identify. That you're well, in that's trouble. the thing. Otherwise, they'll keep is that, you and let you die. Yeah. What happened was um, we did a test. So I brought. I had. I had six bottles um a pound each three of pink three of red and we did a test shoot with the pink um and i started having a panic attack because it was i couldn't breathe yeah basically um and i was like okay this is quickly becoming a very much more intense thing than i had planned i was like well I guess that's the movie. Let's just fucking do it then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're open, especially in a film like, especially in an experimental space, you're you're nothing but open to discoveries. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's kind of the way that I work as a filmmaker is that I have this really kind of maybe like stupid sounding, like really basic one line idea. And then I just sort of jump into it feet first as much as I can. And then it's sort of becomes so much more. You know, I think than that's I why you're successful, was. honestly. And I never thought of it till you said it because I, I find the same is true of narrative. Is what, what you really want to do is, is distill. Yeah. You, you want to find what it is that's at the core, at the center. If you try to do sort of multiple plots, or you, and I have, and you know, it's worked <laughs> out, I guess. But they're, they're, in general, like um, I, I remember, I heard this once that uh, like Pixar, right? Yeah. Their movies are about like one thing. Yeah. Like almost always, there, there's not multiple plots. They just and you you pretty much know what the movie's going to be from beginning to end, but it's about how they do it that makes it interesting. And, right. And, and um, and yeah, and I think I've seen a lot of experimental films that it, it's they're trying to sell me the aimlessness of what it is. I'm, I'm supposed to be yeah. responding to the aimlessness. And, and I, I didn't realize maybe that that's what you're doing that I'm responding to, which is like, you're like, here's an idea. I want you to keep, and even like Warhol, you know, like does the exact same thing where you're like, I'm going to yeah. focus you laser sharp on this one idea. <laughs> and after being exposed to something that you would never be exposed to for that amount of time, you start to think about it differently. Right. Um, like semen. <laughs> I'm so I can't believe I'm so shocked that that's how they read it. I shouldn't be surprised, but I guess yeah, I mean, it's kind of they, they men. No, not, I mean I don't even know. Um, yeah, I I guess um, I do also think that um, like once like I did the chicken one and I ended up watching it, you know, with sort of fresher eyes, and I realized all these things that I sort of accidentally put in that ended up like meaning something you know what i mean so i think that's also a big part of the work is like finding finding more things after you know just starting really with like a one core thing that you want to express and then going from there do do you like recommend that for other people who want to explore experimental film yeah i would i would do that yeah i would say that even if that core thing is like something like mine are very clearly like sometimes they're more of a social issue or like a personal feeling, but I think you could do that with like a style too, yeah, yeah. to oh, a certain sure. extent. Themes, anything yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I think it's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, 
So who do you who do you watch? Who should if, if anybody <laughs> listens to this that's into experimental? Who oh do you, my gosh! Um, or who who, who uh, you know, I I don't know. I mean, is, is did you just come by it because you were just like, oh, I wonder what I could do with this? What, what, did you come from it from a utilitarian standpoint, or did you see other filmmakers and you were like, oh, if that's if that's what filmmaking can be, then I could be a filmmaker. Um. Yeah. Well, I think the part of going back to like getting into film, I think. Um, one thing when I was just starting out, like, you know, senior year in high school, like, deciding that I wanted to do this was I started watching a lot of music videos. Um, and some of those, you know, once you get into it, the certain directors, they can, like, really tend to go for more experimental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that sort of was sort of like a they gateway push a thing. Te- they push a lot of, like, new technology. And, yeah. Yeah. That was sort of a mm-hmm. gateway thing for me because mm-hmm. I realized that you don't have to write a script to make a movie. You can do this short or you know long whatever you know were you kind of like was a script in a way like a barrier between yeah yeah (laughs) for me it was so then i realized that you can do this and do it more like a music video and then i realized that these music videos are actually experimental films and that there is a thing called experimental film that you can do um You're, you're pretty, if I remember, you're pretty well versed in your, uh, in your experimental makers. I am now. Not necessarily filmmakers, but. I, I, I definitely am now. Um, I learned a lot. So who, who would you recommend? for? Um, when I first started, um, one of my professors was really great. Her name's Michelle Handelman. And um, her work is kind of, it's a little off-putting at first, but she sort of plays with some of the similar ideas that I do of like femininity and things like that. Mm. Um. She did a really interesting four-channel um, installation where it's a retelling of the portrait of Dorian Gray. Um, but to watch it, you're sitting on this spinning ottoman, so you get sort of dragged along slowly to all the screens. And it's a very, like, inter- like the characters are crazy. Like, there's no dialogue. Each character has an instrument and things like that. Um, but she also does a lot of, like, short performative pieces as well. Um, I love her. I should, I should email her. <laughs> and you, you, you're something of an experimental filmmaker as well, despite the vibes thing, which everybody would be like, "Oh, then that must mean you're an narrative." I know people were confused. But you've run into people were like, "Ingrid, people were like for thesis." Uh, yeah, that was that was a big mess. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, you, went to, you, you ended up making a, uh, an independent film, uh, uh, excuse me, an experimental film for your thesis movie in the MFA, and they all were like, don't you make narrative? I thought you made narrative. They were very perplexed, um, and they still kind of are, and I just never understood why you couldn't do both, mm. um, but I think that I was trying to explain my take on, you know, labeling something this or something that, and, like, for me it's always a means to an end. And if you want to like, you're trying to make a film and you're trying to convey something. And so the fact that like vibes was so dialogue heavy, I was like, all right, it's a narrative. It needs to be cut this way, blah, blah, blah. I really had strong ideas about what I wanted to do for my thesis and it just didn't lend itself to being a linear narrative. So I was like, well, what does it need to be? So for me, I feel like, I think people are just like, all messed up at least in our program about experimental and what it is and what it's not i know that you and i have talked about it Mm. because you have like fairly valid points and you're just like a lot of people take stuff where they messed up their footage or they're missing chunks of their footage and they're like well i'll make it experimental or they use it as a deflection for criticism yeah Yeah, which i think think that's my that's my big thing is they they make it a a less critiquable 
piece. But both Elizabeth and Brad both come back at me very strongly about that, going, well, that shouldn't be the case. Well, that- but I kind of agree with you in the sense that, like, if you remember when we were little and you go to the craft store and there's those white puzzles, you can color them yourself, but then you can, okay, so you have a puzzle, you can do whatever you want with your puzzle. If you lose six pieces of your puzzle, you can still put it back together, but it's not a whole puzzle. Yeah. And like, I can see that it's not a whole puzzle. Yes. So you want me to analyze it? Fine. But it's it's not it's not cohesive. <laughs> it's not all there. I can yeah. see that you got rid of some of it. And so at the end of the day, to me, I agree with you on that point. Like if you can stand up there and be like, I set out to shoot this footage. I did. I arranged it this way because this is what I want. And this is what I want to make. Then like stand up there and say it and then have people help critique it. But don't be like, well, you know, this is all messed up. So I figured that I would do it this way. Like, it's bullshit. And it's like, and it's, really, it's, other it's really the professor's job to suss that out. <laughs> yeah. About like, you know, it, it, you, you can figure out what's going on based on how they write about their film. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, that always comes. Sorry. That always comes off as really insulting, too, because I'm someone who obviously really cares and really tries. Yeah. And then to have people think of this experimental as something to do when you either can't think of anything else to do or something you want to do when you want people to not say anything about it or something to do when you fuck that stuff seems up. To be what's going on. Yeah, For me, that is I think that it on. shows though. Like I know that it is a fine line and you're like, this isn't critiquable, but maybe that's what they will like it is a fine line and somebody can stand up behind an experimental film, call it that, and then get mm-hmm. away with it probably. But I remember you and I went to a screening of a bunch of films yes. and you felt very strongly about one particular professor's film involving um, water. So, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I agree with you on that. I think that yeah, the dude just shot. He took it, and he's a very, actually, very respected, um, talented uh, experimental filmmaker. But, um, but I think that like anything, like you know, I, I, I've had some success making fun of George Lucas in my life with these cartoons, <laughs> and 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 the whole joke there is that I'm making fun of. It's like there, there's a guy who has been determined to be un. Um, George Lucas can do no wrong. He's made Star Wars. So you start to judge his future works on like, well, he's George Lucas. He made Star Wars. It's probably good. I just don't get it. And I think that might be what happens with this stuff, too. That's another layer to this. Yeah. It happens in, in, in narrative, too. Don't get me wrong. It, like Star Wars. But the <laughs> but, but like he took he took a um, a flip cam and he's just shot the water. And yeah, I guess it was kind of interesting the way to, the water was moving. But I can't say that like. Um, it, I, I don't think it said anything or did anything. I, I don't think there was much there. And, and, and more than that, this was a festival that was advertising itself as the best films in Boston. And, and I, 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 maybe I'm old fashioned, maybe I'm an asshole, but I, 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 when I put the kinds of hours and effort into what I'm doing to really kind of like create something solid and it's it goes up against like, oh, cool water. <laughs> um, it's just like, well, what? what Maybe I need to change my trajectory. Yeah, and I don't know. And more than that, they you know, vibes was a was a funny situation with this where I I workshopped it in a class, and this was only once with that, but it's happened to me in other things where <laughs> where y- y- you start to realize that like if you produce a narr- a pretty straightforward narrative, um, it's much easier to deconstruct it. For uh, more people know the language of narrative from watching yeah. films when yes. they were a child, yeah. so they're able, to, more easily able to deconstruct what it is and criticize you, and um, that sucks because you put in a lot of work, <laughs> and you're like, maybe I need to just like not, maybe I need to bullshit, and then I can mm-hmm. get away with this. But I'm, well, that, that's I not think artistic. that's true, but I also find. Um... I also find that people um, are quicker to dismiss um, an experimental piece, even you know, 
people do that with mine. Like I've had experiences in a different workshop class, which had a totally different dynamic Yeah, um, where I was showing my stuff and people just didn't like, they didn't respond to it at all. And they didn't care to, you know, they, that is one thing I just, have, I've found is in those workshop classes when they show, when somebody shows something that not a lot of people know what to say about, because again, at least a narrative yeah. is like, it wasn't funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you can say that or like, uh, the sound sucked. Yeah. Because um, it's supposed to be good. I know it's supposed to be <laughs> good. Um, I do sometimes feel for the people who go for something experimental and everybody's just sitting there saying nothing. Yeah. I would much rather they hate my movie than say nothing. I mean, like I got to like, it was at the point it was my last sort of present presentation and I was, I was working on the kitchen aspect of this, which is, you know, me cooking this chicken. Um, <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> essentially. Um, and the film then, of, the film of lifetime. Not since oh, yes. <laughs> so beautiful. Elizabeth. Um, so you out to watch it. <laughs> it's quite funny. No. Um, but you know I had done all this work I had put all this thought into it and I get to the end and this girl who does nothing but scripts and things like that is like why are you making this and I was just like that's all this entire class has to say to me is why am I making this she's like well I just don't understand what you're gonna do with it did she mean mean it in a genuine way though yes of like uh, what well maybe that's I mean I don't think that's a horrible question well why are you making this it's, uh, it's something that I'm interested in well there was sort of it's got that it's this got for that a taste on it. There was a language barrier involved. Okay. So I think what she was asking is like saying was this I don't Yeah, I don't yeah. understand why you were doing this. What are you going to do with this after? She's like you're not going to submit it to any festivals. Why are you doing this? And I'm like is that the only reason you make work? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like It's not a very artistic thing to uh, an artistic approach. But there are definitely some days where I'm like, you know what? Before I launch into a critique of this, and that's a problem for me with experimental sometimes is, and I've gotten burned on it sometimes <laughs> is you have, you have to assume like that's what experimental demands of the audience yeah. that narrative does not demand, which is you have to assume before you start criticizing, you have to make a determination about like, okay, am I missing something? Am I missing, <laughs> am I missing something critical? But I think there's a way you can critique it where you can fully admit like, am I miss? Am I missing this? Because that didn't come through. And I feel like that's helpful too because if you are watching something, at least like when I show stuff, if you sit there and you're like, here's what I got, here's what I didn't get. Well, that, 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 that takes a degree of bravery from the critiquers then. That's true. Which is like, you know, you don't want to be socially pressured into acting like you get something or... Um, yeah, which is something which is one of the problems that I've had being here is that I have like I, w- I feel like I've gotten responses before that's like I'm not sure what you were going for if you were going for this you like missed it um, so it just comes off a little flat you know what I mean whereas at this where it is now it kind of becomes like a like no one really I sometimes you know? <laughs> have gotten the impression that be- because we have a-, a lot of experimental filmmakers as faculty mm-hmm. they they fight this kind of ignorance about what experimental film is all the time. So yeah, even when faced with utter bullshit, <laughs> they they want to stand up for it. They want to yeah. stand up. They want to stand up for it because that's they the want to believe they fight all the that time. it's genuine. Yeah, no. for their own sakes, for their own sanity. And so I don't know. It, it, it can be. It's a. It's. Um, I do think that that maybe for me, you and Brad have have simplified it. For me too much, which is like, <laughs> you can, no, you can get to the bottom of it or something like that. I'm like, maybe you're right. Maybe in an academic setting where you're being forced to talk about the work, but I, you know, cause Brad was like, well, if you can't talk about the work, then, then obviously it means nothing. I'm like, yeah, but fucking David Lynch won't talk about his work. <laughs> like, and, and, and he definitely can't explain it, <laughs> but it's still pretty, 
you know, <laughs> world, yeah. world renowned and, yeah. and uh, up there. Yeah. So, so it's like, I, I don't know. I, I respect plenty of filmmakers who can't say the first word about their project. So it's, I guess the only thing we can agree on is it's definitely a hairy beast. It is quite a hairy beast. Do you know what I beast? like, though? With, well, at least with mine. Like, when I go to museums for, like, modern art and I completely don't understand an exhibit, I love reading the card. Like, I look at it and I'm like, oh. And Does, then I look at the card some, and it's Some like, find that rather uncouth. Right, but here's where I'm going with this. Yeah. I like reading the card because then I understand... Like, it, it makes sense. And so for me to make an experimental film and not be able to stand up there... And eventually, if people want to know, like I don't care. Like you can also just look at the why pieces I made and take it. Yeah, it at face value. I love reading cards, and I like. <laughs> well, do like, you read the card before puzzle. you look at it? No, or after? no, I always look at it first, and then yeah. I read the card after. Yeah. But I love reading it because I don't like the intention behind everything. To me, is really important because then you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I always find exhibition space to be a really interesting um, <laughs> influence on work. Uh, for example, um, we had to go to the MFA in our workshop. Class, yes. And um, we went to this really, really cool exhibit called uh, t- uh, Time or Clock or The Clock. Oh, uh, The Clock. And so if anybody's not familiar with this, <laughs> some fucking army of interns. <laughs> um, oh, God. What's the guy's name? Went on this insane exploration for David something. I don't know. Who made The Clock? I don't know. Anyway. For like a clip from like he found some representation of every single time of the day a.m. and p.m. every minute every single minute plus some in uh, in you know the last 110 years of film and uh and what you're watching is 24 hours <laughs> of every single minute and you and it's pretty fucking sweet um it's amazing if you so they had it at the MFA for a week and they had it in their nice little you know, Stanley Kubrick projection because they did like a Stanley Kubrick thing for a week. That really nice projection, little theater. And, um, you know, as I'm watching it, I'm like, this is really great, but I can also totally see like Google doing this and like showing this online 24 hours a day as, as their clock or something like that. But when shown in this space, it's very like, please do not bring any food in here. Please be very quiet. We're currently respecting the clock. <laughs> like, I, I find I find that really interesting. The 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 contrast between like this kind of like we're all physically communing to watch this versus like it's this cool little internet thing because yeah. they're often the same fucking thing. It's just about the only thing that's different is is the mode. Um. And so I always find I always get instantly uh, my guard goes up in a in a museum setting instantly. Where I'm, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a there's an artist that I'm fond of. His name's Ryan Tricarton, but he started as a YouTube channel, and his stuff is fucking insane. It's like crazy. He plays like ten different people. He changes his voice. There's all these crazy cutting. It's ridiculous. I made Brad watch it. Whatever. <laughs> um, but you know he Brad started. No, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> Um, So he started as a YouTube artist and it's, you know, he has like, he has a piece where I think the total of it is four hours, but it's broken up to 10 minutes on YouTube and the idea is you can watch it in whatever order you want and all this stuff. Um, And then he got picked up for gallery representation based on the YouTube channel. So now he's doing this thing where it's his stuff is in the galleries and now he's doing like installations based on it. And it's just so interesting to see that evolution from like, because you know it goes from like youtube like it changes it doesn't yeah oh it's yeah. totally and it it goes from you know just talking about this weirdo on youtube he's like doing all this different mm-hmm. stuff to now it's like 
art. I feel like the, the relationship <laughs> to the audience changes when, when you have something that's like, uh, I've discovered this privately. I'm going to share it. Yeah. And we're yeah. all going to kind of watch it at home. Uh, versus like um, this more kind of church thing. It's elevated. Yeah, yeah. I think um, this is sort of getting a little more back to like sort of the program and things like that. But I think I'm kind of, it's like being in a weird position experimental, you know, because it's, it's like there's all these problems with the sort of gallery systems and art systems and problems with how art is treated and like all this sort of thing. And like, it's in a museum. So it's like high art or like, you know, or it exists on YouTube and is it really art? Yeah. And so like, there's all these problems and not corruption, but like messed upness about that. And then I'm, trying to like justify my work to the narrative people where this system is so strict. And so, you know, you're always playing two sides. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you gotta do both and there's problems with both and you want to defend what you're doing, which is more on the artsy side, but you don't want to defend this whole, like, cause some, I'm completely in in the same boat. Yeah. (laughs) When when I'm in the company of artists, I'm always pretty demeaning to experimental film or or to high art. And when I'm in the company of people who didn't go to art school, I'm always like, well, you don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. That's just, I play both sides and, uh, and hopefully I'm more honest person because of it or something like that. (laughs) Well, you have to. And there's a lot of like experimental stuff that I fully think is bullshit, but I feel like Mm -hmm. I don't really admit that very much because I'll admit it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, because like faculty, you don't, you don't want to um, demean your own. Yeah. Because I'm always on the offensive for this sort of thing. For me, the the problem is that it's like so strictly divided because that was my whole thing when I was, I got so much shit for like my thesis project before, during and after I made it. And then when I was making vibes right before it, I was getting stuff like, you're not going to finish. And I was like, leave me alone. Who's telling you you weren't going to finish? Faculty. About vibes? No, not vibes. But because I made it, they were like, you'll never finish your thesis in time. And I was Uh, like, leave me alone. Well, Well, they've got a a real thing about like, they can't let anybody fail. Um, And I think the film school is about failing. You need Mm -hmm. to fail at least. Which is a problem that I feel like people come here and they have their first critique and they like can't deal with it because it's like, it's the first time they've ever been shit on in any kind of way. But it's like... you're paying money to fa- you're paying money to have a safe place to fail. Yeah, yeah, you need that. You need to get your ass kicked in a critique at least once. I've had that happen to me. Oh, I'd say you know. Yeah, it's if, like you now need that it. I'm, now that I'm out, I, I realize that the the thing I really miss is the frustration of a workshop. Yeah, and the irritation and the getting all worked up about who said what. I miss the fights. To me, that's well. To me, <laughs> to, 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 me too. But the, to me, that's really part of being an artist. Is is, is um like my my wife recently went vegan. And my reaction to it was, because I'm not vegan, uh, <laughs> my reaction to it was, well, good, you'll be pissed off about something. I, 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 I think that you need something to be pissed off about. That's pretty much all the time we have. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, we're my God. Just wow. Um, wow. Look- I, I would like to say that uh, when I got back from the bathroom, <laughs> I had been back for a while before I started speaking. I wasn't in there that whole time. <laughs> all right. Ingrid cleared her Keep name. Keep it real. Um, so, well, uh, that, that, that was Ingrid and Elizabeth. I hope it was uh, it was fun for you guys. It was. Thank you, Aren't Frankie. these enjoyable? It was very enjoyable. Quick, immediate we gratification. Do, yeah. We should do, we'll give you a break, but eventually we'll do another Let's one. Let's do another one. Okay. All right. Talk to you guys. <laughs>